0: Hello everyone, no I'm not Robin Williams and this is Not Good Morning Vietnam. My name is Chris Summers and welcome to the Transformation of America podcast, a place where we cover various topics around American history from the 1960s to the 1980s. Today's episode is The War America Wants to Forget But Never Can. We will be going over the Vietnam War and the overall impact that it had in America and in Vietnam. I have always been interested in the wars that America has been involved in. From our revolution to World War II, we have been involved in various wars that have shaped our country and the world. Vietnam is perhaps one of the most controversial wars we were involved in, and I will be delving into it for this episode. To start, let's get into why we even entered Vietnam in the first place, and the backstory of the war. But before we even get into the war, it's important to understand the events that took place beforehand. Prior to the Vietnam War was World War II, which was obviously one of the deadliest wars in history. Unlikely allies with the United States and Soviet Union teamed up to battle the Axis powers. But as the war was reaching its end, There was already preparations being made for the inevitable confrontation between the United States and Soviet Union following the power vacuum that World War II had left. France and other various European countries had to abandon their colonies to focus on the war effort, thus leaving Japan in particular able to wreak havoc on these colonies. Vietnam was one such colony that was originally controlled by the French, but with World War II the French had to essentially abandon their colony there to focus on the war. The French would regain control of Vietnam fairly quickly after the war, but the popular figure of Ho Chi Minh was able to resist the French and had Chinese support. Ironically, Minh was an ally of us during World War II, and he even quoted Thomas Jefferson in the Vietnamese Declaration of Independence. So, why did we even enter the war then? after the world had just gone through this deadly war and the United States didn't really have a concrete reason to intervene in Vietnam. Well, initially, it was to help the French to remain the dominant foreign power in Indochina. The United States was determined to also stop the spread of communism at the time, and the communist takeover of China in 1949 solidified the United States' stance in wanting to prevent any more Asian countries from falling to communism. Yes! Death is a preferable alternative to communism. There is also, of course, the Korean War, in which North Korea had invaded South Korea in 1950, about five years before the official start of the Vietnam War. Germany was also another example of a country being split in two between being backed by communism or capitalism, a showcase that lasted until the fall of the Berlin Wall in the 1990s. So, with all this, The United States was obviously paranoid about letting any country become communist. While helping the French may have been the initial goal, the overall reasoning behind us entering and staying in Vietnam was to contain communism. Christian Appy talks about various aspects of the Vietnam War in his book, American Reckoning, where his overall message is that the war was the death of American exceptionalism, though not really, since he also says that it is made a resurgence with events such as 9-11. Appy says that America entered Vietnam initially, so we could essentially be good Christians and help these non-white people, but also argues into what I believe is the main issue throughout the war, with the United States' stance on containing communism. We wanted to spread, stop the spread of communism at any cost, and really explains why we had presidents from JFK, Eisenhower, and Nixon, all arguing the same stance despite how they may have felt about the war before becoming presidents. Appeasement and the issues of Munich were also why the United States refused to give ground to communism. Hitler was appeased at the Munich conference, and we had learned not to appease aggressive powers given the world war that had just happened as a result. What would become known as the domino theory was coined by Eisenhower, where he used this to explain how countries would continue to fall like dominoes under communism unless the U.S. interfered. The idea being that the fall of Vietnam to communism would lead to the fall of countries throughout Asia, such as Japan, which would become a country that would eventually be one of our greatest allies in that region. And that's it for part one we looked into the origins and prelude of the Vietnam War, how the United States was adamant on containing communism so it would not spread, so they adopted a policy of containment to contain communism. For the next panel, we'll be going over how the United States actually handled itself over Vietnam. You're listening to the Transformation of America podcast, a place where we discuss hot topics related to the U.S. from 1960 to 1980. Today, we are discussing the Vietnam War, and we just finished talking about the United States entrance into the war. Now, Let's get into how we actually handle ourselves in Vietnam. Ask not what your country can do for you. The only thing we have to fear is... The use of atomic bombs was always on the table during the Cold War for both the U.S. and Soviet Union after the Nagasaki and Hiroshima bombings. However, both nations at least recognized that these conflicts around the world, such as in Vietnam or Germany or Korea, were not really worth a nuclear fallout. The United States had put in a leader for South Vietnam by the name of Ngo Dinh Diem. He was pretty unpopular among the Vietnamese and would eventually be assassinated in a coup that was ironically supported by the U.S. Perhaps the most famous incident regarding just how unpopular he was was when a Buddhist monk set himself on fire in South Vietnam to protest Diem. Following the coup, there was even more unrest in Vietnam and the situation was becoming bleak for the South. U.S. Secretary of Defense Robert McNerma concluded after a visit to Saigon that the U.S. either had to admit defeat or increase our involvement in the war. There was also no congressional declaration of war against Vietnam, similarly to Korea, though in Korea, the United States went into that conflict through the U.N. instead. One of the main strategies during the Vietnam War was Operation Rolling Thunder, initiated by President Johnson. The main purpose of it was to scale up the bombings in Vietnam over time. The central objectives were to raise the morale of the South while lowering the Norths, destroy supply trails, and the destruction of bases and defenses. Though it inflicted a great deal of strategic damage on North Vietnam, it also caused massive needless destruction and death with tens of thousands of civilians having been killed of it. These bombings created even more resentment for the Americans from the Vietnamese, and they were able to hold on relatively well, given that they were still able to transport supplies and had effective air defenses. McNamara also had a memo to President Johnson in April of 1965, shortly after Rolling Thunder was initiated, where he goes on to essentially explain why we should not pause our bombing raids on North Vietnam. He goes on to list several incidents where the Viet Cong and North Vietnamese attacked Americans and civilians in Vietnam, citing the Gulf of Tonkin incident and various other attacks made by the North. The United States was also essentially on our own during the war. There were other countries that had contributed troops and supplies, but we were really the main driving force behind the South. The indiscrimination of targets was also a huge factor in the war that caused so much controversy. In war, there's usually a distinction between civilian and combat personnel, but here was not so much the case. If a village was thought to or had been seen with any Viet Cong, that was enough reason to raid the village, and this just made more Vietnamese favor the North, since in their eyes, the U.S. was a forward enemy in their country while north was trying to push them out. One of the most notable events of this was the My Lai Massacre, a South Vietnamese village that was raided by U.S. troops. A few hundred unarmed villagers were killed, and this included men, women, and children. It created even more tensions between the Vietnamese and American soldiers, and even fueled some controversy over in America that I'll get into later. The U.S. obviously had the firepower and numbers advantage, but the Cong were fighting on home turf and had higher morale. The U.S. was somewhat used to fighting in this kind of terrain from battles against Japan and World War II, but this was on a whole different level. Vast forests and mountains, tunnel systems that the Vietnamese used as traps and travel, the U.S. truly was in the lion's den despite how much destruction they themselves were causing as well. It also didn't help that the Viet Cong were constantly on the offensive, despite our attacks devastating their numbers as well. They just continued to push on. One of the major turning points in the war was the Tet Offensive. It was one of the largest offensive campaigns of the war and was conducted by the North. They targeted multiple sites in hope of confusing the South and getting them by surprise. It was initially going well for the North, where they ended up capturing many of their targets. However, after the United States and South Vietnamese forces countered, the North had lost all of what they captured and suffered abundant losses. This was noticeably a massive operation for the North, but it's also credited as being a core event that pushed the anti-war movement in America over the edge, something which I'll also go further into during my next panel. And that's it for part two. We went over how the United States conducted itself in Vietnam from Operation Rolling Thunder with scaling up bombings over time, the indiscrimination of targets between civilians and military personnel, and how the North had a massive counterattack with the Tet Offensive that showed their unwillingness to give up. For my last panel, we will be going over the ending and impact of the war and how it was viewed at the time. We have so far looked into the beginning, reasonings, and events that took place during the Vietnam War. Now, let's get into the ending and impact of the war on both an international level and within our own country, and generally how the war was viewed at the time. Good evening, my fellow Americans. Tonight, I want to talk to you on a subject of deep concern to all Americans and to many people in all parts of the world, the war in Vietnam. To start with, let's get into the Bay of Pigs invasion. This took place during 1961, which was about halfway into the Vietnam War. It was a CIA plot to overthrow Fidel Castro because of a you guessed it, in order to contain and limit communism. It was a completely failed attempt and an embarrassment for the United States and led to the Cuban-Soviet relations increasing. It also led to another major event during the Vietnam War the Cuban Missile Crisis. It was perhaps the closest the U.S. and the Soviet Union came to escalating the war into a nuclear war. The Missile Crisis was mainly in response to the Pigs invasion, where Cuba requested that the Soviet Union place nuclear missiles on their island as a deterrent for any kind of invasion. The U.S. and Soviet Union eventually reached an agreement where the Soviets would pull out their missiles from Cuba. Both of these situations and the Vietnam War just made the tensions at the time extremely high. Things were not going well internationally, nor within our own country. Initially, most of the press and media were pro war during Vietnam. Of course, there were some media outlets and anti war feelings, but most Americans and the media were generally positive about the war initially. It wasn't until the war dragged on that the anti-war movement started to rise, and the media was questioning why we were even in Vietnam. There was little clarity from our government regarding the war. What was the real reason we were in Vietnam? The danger of involving China or the Soviet Union, and the treatment of civilians with the use of napalm all factored into people's distrust and angst towards the war. There was a new generation of people who had not lived through World War II, and didn't want to have to go through what their parents and grandparents went through. There was many reformations such as civil rights and the economic changes that were happening in the country which made the war in Vietnam seem like a betrayal of these new ideas for the country. Most of the people who made up the anti-war movement were generally college kids who didn't get drafted since they were typically exempt from the draft. This led to tensions between them and people who supported the war, or at least didn't want to blame our soldiers, where they would say that these college kids have no right to be protesting like this while our boys are dying on the other side of the world. Martin Luther King Jr. also spoke out against the war, but was focused on civil rights back home and didn't want to further divide what was happening in our country by splitting people based on how they felt about the war. To bring up the Tet Offensive again, it was really an awakening that the North wasn't on the verge of defeat, but was still going strong and able to launch this large offensive. People were getting told that the end of the war is in sight and whatnot for years, so when they saw this massive offensive from the North, they started to realize that the war wasn't going so well for us after all. The majority of U.S. personnel serving in Vietnam were also from poor backgrounds and had to serve multiple tours of duty. Morale was dropping and soldiers turned to drugs and alcohol to cope. There was also racial problems within the army for black soldiers where they were wondering why they were even fighting in this war in another part of the world for a country that doesn't grant them equal rights. There was also the treatment of Vietnam veterans following the war, where many of them were essentially shunned by society because Americans simply wanted to forget everything about the war. Soldiers typically returned home with a celebration and praise, but not this time. If not shunned, they were met with ridicule or scorn. So many veterans of the war returned home, not welcomed, but hated, and felt like they were the ones to blame with people calling them baby killers, and whatnot. Some turned to drugs and alcohol, others shunned everyone else out of their lives, some turned to crime, and some even took their own life. It took years for PTSD to be formally recognized as a symptom following the war, but way too many years had already gone by, and the ones who needed help the most were either gone or far beyond help. To escalate matters further within the U.S. was the Watergate scandal with Nixon. It was happening on the verge of the end of the Vietnam War and just fueled people's defiance against our government. The world was in the midst of the Cold War, Vietnam was happening still, and now there's massive corruption being revealed in the highest office of our government. People were skeptical, and it didn't exactly help that Nixon was pardoned by his successor Ford. Finally, the fall of Saigon, which marked the official end of the Vietnam War. American forces were evacuating following Operation Frequent Wind, which called for the evacuation of American personnel and South Vietnamese. It was the largest helicopter evacuation in history, so large that they had to start pushing their own helicopters off their aircraft carriers in order to make room for other helicopters to land and drop off more people. The fall of Saigon marked the transition of Vietnam into the Socialist Republic of Vietnam. Shortly after the final helicopter took off, north tanks rushed into Saigon, and those that were left behind were to be forced into rehabilitation. The Pentagon wanted to get people out as quickly as possible, and maybe that was the right decision given the timing of when the tanks from the north came into Saigon. We got- With that, we've reached the end of this episode. We've delved into the Vietnam War from its beginning, middle, and end. We went into the beginnings and origins of the war with how it was an aftereffect of the Second World War and our mentality going into Vietnam about containing communism. Then we discussed how the U.S. handled itself in Vietnam with Operation Rolling Thunder, My Lai, the indiscriminate targeting, and the Tet Offensive from the North. Finally, we discuss the ending and impact of the war with the fall of Saigon, the rise of the anti-war movement in America, and various other crucial events happening around this time, such as the Cuban Missile Crisis, Watergate, and the Bay of Pigs. The Vietnam War is perhaps one of the most important wars in our history, and like many of the other crucial wars we've been involved in, it's one that's critical to learn about and understand. I hope you enjoy the listening and maybe even learn some new aspects about the Vietnam War. This has been Chris Hubbers and you've just listened to the Transformation of America podcast, a place where we discuss hot topics related to the US from 1960 to 1980. Today's episode was the war America wants to forget but never can. No colors anymore, I want them to turn black. I see the girls go by dressed in their summer clothes. I have to turn my head until my darkness goes.